Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me as always is my co-host Trevor Stores of Full Press Coverage. How are you doing, Trev? I'm good, Hakun. How are you doing today, man? Not too bad. And as we were talking about earlier a little bit, you know, I am actually, it's kind of funny because it's been two weeks now. The Olympics are finally over. And man, uh, I found it hard to catch everything I wanted to watch, but the one thing I did catch was the men's basketball gold medal game between U.S. and France. That was one hell of a game, wasn't it? Oh, my God. We, finally got, we got the dub, finally. So. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good game. <laughs> and it was kind of funny because, you know... Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's so great that the first game we played was against France, and we kind of blew it in the last couple of seconds. I, I have to be honest. I actually thought we were going to blow it again in that fourth quarter. I mean, because they kind of went cold in that fourth quarter, only having 16 yeah. points. And I'm like, oh, no, not yeah. again. Oh, no. Yeah, it was, but thank you for Kevin Durant. That's all I have to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. KD, man. Thank you, thank Kevin you. Durant. Woo. Yeah. PG County, stand up one time. That was awesome. Yeah. You know what's really crazy, though? That last 10 seconds when they were 85 to 82, that weird transition where they got, like, the, the, the three and then the, the steal and then another, like, some free throws. And all of a sudden it was 85 to 82, and we kept missing free throws. I don't. I mean, yeah. I was like, really? Is this how this is gonna go down? We're gonna have the last ten seconds here, I, and we're gonna we're gonna I, lose yeah. like this. I, I feel like since the ball is smaller over there for for that tournament, I feel like yeah. that affected the entire tournament. I feel like we never got acclimated to the ball size because we I had agree. some superstars missing free throws that we should not. We were freaking threes, freaking yeah. free throws. So I feel yeah. like that ball size had a lot to do with it, but we got it done. Yeah, thankfully, Rudy Gobert is such a big dude that that ball probably kind of felt like a tennis ball to him, and he kept missing free throws, too. Exactly. So thank goodness for that. Because <laughs> I was like, whoa, exactly. he's shooting like 55% from the strike in uh, the Olympics. I mean, he's more of a 70% free throw shooter in the NBA. I'm like, wow, that's that's a lot of, yeah. I mean, he, that's a lot of yips there, man. He's, he's having to have the yips of the free throw strike. Um, I got to ask you this, though. Who impressed you the most out of those two teams in that gold medal game? Other than uh, KD, because I know KD is the ultimate answer, yeah. but... Yeah. I, I think Dame Lillard, not really surprised, yeah. but uh, he was playing with a, an abdominal injury the whole yeah. the whole Olympics, yeah. and for him to come right. out and turn it on when it counted in the championship game, I think the game before that to help us get over that hump to get us to the championship game, so yeah. I'll say Dame Lillard, but other than that, I wasn't really... I was surprised about how poorly our players played. JP I agree. Freedom, yeah. Um, Devin Booker, you know. Well, show, my favorite, Zach Levine, you know. totally underperformed, you know. Yes. Yeah, really, it really is a shame. That was the first time. First yeah. time. And he he'll be back. He played with all the superstars, so he'll be back. Yeah. yeah. He was great. I just want him to represent for Chicago, man. I mean, Bulls, are, you know, that, that's he's the pride and joy right now, although we're looking really good for next season. I'm so psyched about, yeah, you know, you Alonzo Ball and... <laughs> I mean, it's, and then uh, DeMar, DeMar DeRozan. Oh, yeah. It's going to be yeah, Alex Caruso. I'm I'm really yeah. excited about what's going to happen this next season. Uh, and I will just say this. I was actually the most impressed, and we talked about this in the pre-show, but Gershon Yabusele for France, man, he was like, yeah. he was money. I mean, the guy, he's a big, big dude. dude. He was moving quickly, and he spotted up, and he took those hesitation threes. Those are some of the hardest threes to make. I mean, for me, every three is hard. Especially. But, but those hesitation <laughs> threes, like, oh, my gosh. I mean, the big dude hitting those threes. 
I was like, who is this guy? And was he in the NBA before? And I remembered faintly he was with the Celtics. I can't believe he flamed out. It's unbelievable. Maybe after that performance, he'll come back. I think he could definitely help our team, help my Bulls at least. It will be really cool to see somebody <laughs> like that make it back. All right. So we got plenty to discuss today, including Josh Allen's new contract, some Michael Thomas drama, our update on the Washington football team, our top busts for fantasy football drafts, and much, much more. So let's get rolling. Man, I really killed the intro by talking about that men's basketball game. It tells you how excited <laughs> I was. Cool. About we like just blasted right America. through our intro music. Yeah, just go America. That's the, that's what I'm saying right here. Hey, before we get started, let me uh, let me just say, if you like daily fantasy sports and prop bets, and you like cute baby animals, because I know you all like cute baby animals out there, and you like hundred dollars, <laughs> and you like getting a hundred dollars for free, because who can't use a hundred dollars, right, Trev? Uh, you know, exactly. Try, try fantasy. ThriveFantasy.com, use promo code GARBAGETIME. That's promo code GARBAGETIME. Get an instant $100 deposit match. That's ThriveFantasy.com, promo code GARBAGETIME, and get an instant $100 deposit match. Hey, uh, Trev, what were you going to do if you got a free $100? What would you buy? Uh, I'd pay a bill. <laughs> I would pay a bill. Oh, man. <laughs> Reality just settled in. Keep it real. Reality yeah. just settled in. <laughs> just keep it real. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. That's a good one. Oh, man. Now I feel silly about saying I'm going to buy some shoes. All right. Cool. That's cool. That's cool. I'll pay a bill, too. All right. Let's talk about the Washington football team, shall we? Let's. There was a Friday night event. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah. So this past Friday, uh, FedEx Field, the Washington football team, held an event called Friday Night Football from 7 to 9. But I think some festivities started before that. Uh, 20,000 fans were able to come to the stadium mm-hmm. and witness a practice with the Washington football team. Um, I think some season ticket holders got to do a little bit of a taste test or two for some uh, new items coming to the concessions uh, this season, too. So that was pretty fun. I saw Ooh. footage of a, a new laser light show that took place. Nice. That never happened at FedEx Field. That was pretty cool. The uh, entertainment team and the drumline band were there as well performing. So it was just a, a really, really good experience for the fans to get back to what it feels like to being at a home game, even though it was essentially a practice. Right. Um, they got to cheer on their favorite players, see their favorite players and coaches, and just a really, really cool event that um, Jason Wright and Joey, can't remember, Socrates Begovich, something like that. I, can't I think I butchered his name. Sorry, Joey. But those <laughs> two guys have done a great job getting right. the fans more involved with the uh, team and everything. So it was a really good event. Well, I love seeing something like that, particularly after, you know, uh, the New York Giants have a major scrum and everybody gets kicked off the field <laughs> and two, two people resign yeah. from the team. You know I mean? Like it's good to see uh, this kind of event kind of bring fans and players together. It's pretty cool. Hey, I got to ask you though, Trev, what's your favorite stadium food? I mean, are, are you said they're trying out some new stadium food there. What's your favorite stadium food? Um, give me a nice, big, foot-long chili cheese mustard hot dog ah, with nice. curly fries. Yeah. It's got to have a beer. Got to have a beer. Oh, of course. I mean, yeah, you got to do that. <laughs> but you yeah, got to do that. I, I'm a hot dog guy when it comes to sporting events, hot dogs. Oh, I love hot dogs. Sure. I mean, it doesn't take – I have hot dogs all the time. It's not just sporting events. Right. It's hot dogs all the time. But I can say this. I, I really do have an affinity for corn dogs at these events. I don't – you know, I just kind of like them. I think they're really good. They can be done wrong, though, because they can be super yes, greasy. But if they're done right, they're really delicious. But let me say that the craziest thing – I think it was – I want to say this was down 
oh man, I'm going to screw this up. I want to say it's down someplace in Florida, but they had this, this, oh, actually I, I am wrong. It is in Atlanta. It's in Atlanta. They had this. It's actually two small pizzas with a burger in between. So it's a pizza burger, but actually made from two small pizzas <laughs> and a burger. It is insane. It is insane. That's right. That's right. I, I, I have to say that was my favorite thing to eat ever. And while I was eating it afterwards, <laughs> I hated life. It just sucked because I was like oh, talking about indigestion city, you know, it was indigestion <laughs> but, city. Yeah. Oh Your my God. probably hated life too. So. <laughs> oh man. I just wanted a whole box of Alka-Seltzer, man. That sucked. That was really bad. <laughs> it was delicious when I had it though. And I, and I, you know what? I don't learn from my mistakes. I probably will do it again. Um, all right. Let's turn to Curtis Samuel. Talk about him a little bit in the Washington football team. They activated Curtis Samuel from the reserve COVID-19 list and he will immediately revert to the team's pup list with quote, no timetable in sight because he's still suffering from a strained groin that he suffered in June at practice and team drills. And it's starting to open some opportunities for Adam Humphreys, Calvin Harmon, Cam Sims, and others uh, in their increased amount of field work uh, on the field work at these practices. Coach Ron Rivera didn't close the door on Samuel making an appearance in the team's final preseason game, noting he's quote, not worried because Samuel knows the system unquote. Trev, Okay, so, <laughs> still got to play. Uh, so what do you think the impact will be on the Washington football team if Samuel isn't able to suit up for the beginning of the regular season? Um, it'll have a small impact for sure because he was one of the big free agent signings we brought in this offseason. Um, he knows the system pretty much by heart, probably coming from Scott Turner in Carolina as well. But our wide receiver depth chart as of now was ridiculously deep and talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, like mm-hmm. you said, Adam Humphreys. He already has that rapport with Fitzpatrick, so if he came in and took the spot, which is probably Samuel's spot in the slot role, wouldn't I don't think we'd miss a beat. I think we'd be mm-hmm. just fine. Um, it's not like we haven't seen what Curtis Samuel was capable of doing. We just haven't seen mm-hmm. it up close in the burgundy and gold uniform. But we know what he is. Ron Rivera knows what he is. In Ron, we trust. So that's, that's what I'm going <laughs> with. So I don't think I don't think it'll be that huge of an impact, considering how deep our wide receiver chart is. Yeah, yeah, probably true. I just think that Curtis Samuel has been kind of underrated over his time and wasn't oh, quite sure. used to his, the max when he was in uh, Carolina. So, you know, I, I can I can visualize um, how much he can do with uh, Fitzy kind of airing it out. I mean, assuming that, that Fitzmagic is the starter, if Fitzy airing it out, I mean, I can oh. see that being a big deal for him. So, um, for sure. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Lots of great uh, good, lots of things to keep an eye on there and see how that works out. Let's go ahead and hit the boxing bell on that one talk about our – Next topic here, and that's Josh Allen's big new contract. He signed a six-year, $258 million extension with the Buffalo Bills. The deal includes $150 million guaranteed, ends up being about $43 million annually, landing him right between Patrick Mahomes at $45 million per year and Dak Prescott at $40 million per year. Dude, we should have been quarterbacks. We clearly picked the wrong uh, profession (laughs) here, man. Oh my God! I, I'll take one one year. I don't need I don't need all 258 million. Give me the 43. I'm I'm good to that. 25 uh, exactly. year old Josh Allen is now set with the Buffalo Bills through the 2028 season, giving uh, one additional data point for both Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield, who will probably be negotiating their upcoming extensions real soon. It's a huge move that rewards both Allen and the front office for buying into Allen's rookie deal, leading to Allen's career highs last season in passing yards of 4,544 and touchdowns with 37. Trev, first, is this a good deal for the Bills? And second, how do you think this impacts the Bills long-term? Yeah, it's a good deal for the Bills. 
Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield are still waiting to, for this to happen for them. So they went ahead and did it what felt did it the way they felt best for their current situation instead of basing mm-hmm. it off other quarterbacks in the market. So they kind of set yep. the market themselves. Um, I think long term it helps them out tremendously. Um, this year with that contract, it's going to be a cap hit of ten point two million dollars. Mm-hmm. So I think this is going to allow the Bills to focus on re-signing other core players, other top players, uh, in order to make this team more successful. doesn't actually hurt their pockets that way. So I think that was a mm-hmm. great move by the Buffalo Bills. It, the numbers, of course, it just sounds big, like six years, <laughs> 258. Yeah, that sounds crazy, but once you get down to details, it's actually benefiting the Bills long term. So great yeah. job. Yeah, and you don't – and I, being a being a Bears fan, I know exactly how painful it is not having a franchise quarterback. So you get one, you hold on to him. Um, you know, yeah, Josh Allen. Yeah. I mean, that exactly. 25. I mean, geez, you get to the 2028 season and, and he'll be 32. I mean, there's still, there's 32 year old quarterbacks right now that are still getting millions of dollars and are super hot in the market. So, you know, that's a great deal exactly. for them and some great deal of consistency. All right, let's go ahead and ring the bell on uh, that. And let's talk about Michael Thomas. Because there is a little bit of drama here around Michael Thomas. And it was reported by NOLA.com that Michael Thomas, quote, failed to return multiple calls from the coaches and training staff over the course of three months during the offseason. Coach Sean Payton uh, and uh, had mentioned that the um, he had tried to reach him as well as the Saints wide receiver coaches and team's former trainer. And he basically just um, ghosted them all, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> so the, apparently the team advised Thomas to have his ankle surgery to correct ligament damage after last season. But the, but Thomas decided that he'd be uh, more conservative and focus on rehab and therapy after getting a second opinion. Then he went completely off the radar uh, and apparently worked on his own in his California home. Then he reported to the team in June, and it was discovered that he now required surgery because the ankle wasn't any better. Uh, boy, not great and not terrible, no. not great. But Peyton did call out Thomas's decision to delay the surgery and he, as disappointing, quote, disappointing, and said that he should have happened sooner. Uh, now, Thomas is likely to miss the start of the season as he rehabs from that. Uh, and it seems like he's having some serious issues with management in the New Orleans Saints, something that Saints fans probably don't want to hear with Drew Brees retiring at the end of last season. And then today, Michael Thomas tweeted out cryptically, quote, they tried to damage your reputation. You saved theirs by not telling your side of the story, unquote. Wow. I don't even know what that means, but it sure sounds loaded you to me. You know what it means. You know yeah. what it means. <laughs> I feel like a Bravo reality show should be based around Michael Thomas. And we should have a count, another show of Aaron Rodgers. It should be Aaron Rodgers and Michael Thomas. It, I, just the drama we get out of those two would just be fascinating. Trev, what do you think? Yeah, what do you think here is going on with Michael Thomas? And how do you think this will impact the Saints next season? Uh, it's already impacted them at the start of this season. Um mm-hmm. He gets two opinions on his ankle, shows up to camp. It's not what it's supposed to be. He gets surgery. Right. Sean Payton's obviously upset about it. Um, this is not good. Their wide receiver depth chart is Chris Hogan, and they had to move <laughs> running back Ty Montgomery to the wide, res- wide receiver spot, yeah. which leads them to signing Dante Freeman. You know, like it's just one big mess. Um, it's clearly something else going on besides him just ghosting them. There's got to be a reason behind him ghosting them. Clearly, yeah. Um, yeah. The cryptic tweet is the preview of that. So I don't know. I think 
they're in a tough spot too, salary cap wise. They can't trade them. It'll cost them a crap ton of money if they trade right. them. So, right. They're just kind of screwed right now. <laughs> you know, it's funny I don't know because what else it, to say. yeah, I know. I mean, I mean, maybe they'll come. Maybe they'll have a, you know, a um, they'll have an epiphany like the entire Aaron Rodgers thing, and and they'll kind of work out. I can't, I can't imagine that. Michael Thomas is super jazzed about playing the season with um, Jameis yeah. Winston and Taysom Hill uh, behind center. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, no, no knock on mm-hmm. Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. I mean, they're, they're fine, you know, quarterbacks who play in the NFL, but they're not the guys that are really they're not starting. Brees. Yeah, they're not Drew Brees. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, that's not, not mince words, I guess. Jameis Winston, I mean, he has a big arm and can air it out, but he likes to target the opposing team as much as he targets his own players. And uh, Taysom Hill is, you know, he's kind of a gadget guy, you know. I mean, I, I, I dig the passion and that he does, that he puts into everything he does, but he's not really a starting caliber pocket quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. And, and I'll take this pot shot at my own guy, Ian Book, out of Notre Dame, who they drafted. Uh, he's just not a starter in the NFL. Sorry, Ian Book. Please, if you're listening to this, I still no. love you for being an ND grad, but you're just not a starter <laughs> in the NFL. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it's just going to be a mess. It's just a mess. So I, I imagine there's some issues there and, and you're right. That depth part does not look good. Marquez Calloway, Traquan Smith, Deontay Harris, that's yeah. the top three. And then you're, and then, and, and then you're at Chris Hogan, like you said, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just not, he's like I'm a number three it. receiver. You know, like it's, I'm not, I mean, I mean, let's see Mike Garuffalo from uh, NFL network reported today that they're going to start bringing in some free agents. And he brought up a ah, list. And on okay. that list, on that list was Alshon Jeffrey, okay. uh, Golden Tate, Marquise okay. Lee, and also Larry Fitzgerald is on that list. Ooh, if that I'm Sean Payton, I'm calling Larry Fitzgerald back in June when Mike Thomas showed up with a bum ankle. Yeah. I, I would have called Larry back then. Like He's going to yes. pick up to four months potentially. Like You need, yeah, yeah, you need yeah. a wide receiver one in there. It's, uh, yeah, I love that. I love it. Plus, plus, Larry Fitzgerald, such a great locker room guy. I mean, I'm sure he could, yeah. he could probably galvanize that locker room. I mean, the problem is that Drew Brees was that guy you know, for the Saints. And yeah. you take him out and, you know, Winston and Hill just aren't, aren't the guys. I mean, they're not the guys who are going to no. galvanize that locker room. It's not going to happen. Um, and, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, he has the gravitas to do that. I mean, he has the stats. He has the stature. He's a That's, super yeah. smart guy. I mean, like, there's like so much say, to he's say. Like the, he's like the LeBron James in, in a sort of way of the NFL. Like, he mm-hmm. makes players around him better. So I right. think if he went to New Orleans, he could probably make whoever's quarterback, Hill or Winston, better than, you know, I think he'd help yeah. out that too. So Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I totally, totally agree. Of course, coming from Chicago, I like to think of it as the Michael Jordan of the NFL as opposed to the LeBron James of the okay. NFL. Because we all know that Michael Jordan <laughs> is better than LeBron James. I mean, that that's not even an argument, is well, it? I mean, yeah, does anybody actually think that? That's a whole that... other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> MJ forever, man. I'm just saying. All right. So let's, uh, that's, that's enough on the New Orleans Saints. they got lots of stuff. We'll keep tracking that drama. I'm sure there's going to be more that develops on that over the next week or so. So let's hit the boxing bell and get to our final topic of the night. That is the fantasy football bust. You know, last time, uh, I guess two weeks ago now, we, fought, we, we, we talked about our sleepers for fantasy football and those drafts. And those drafts are right around the corner. It's August, folks. So get ready for those drafts. And we got our busts for you. So, Trevor, why don't you start with yours? What are your busts for fantasy football? Oh, man, this is this is really, really hard. Because yeah, the, I agree. The selection I chose from, they all could have a breakout year. But anyway, so this is I'm just going on a limb on this. I got number okay. one, Zeke Elliott. Okay. I got number two, Robert Woods. 
Mm-hmm. Number three, Adam Thielen. Mm-hmm. Number four, Cortland Sutton. And number five, this is no shade, but Antonio Gibson. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, so I'm, I'm going to have to start there, clearly, because that is okay. a statement against interest right there, uh, if I ever heard one. Antonio okay. Gibson. So talk about that. Why do you think he might be a <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. bust this season? So not necessarily a bust, but I don't think he'll necessarily produce more for you in fantasy as he did last year because mm-hmm. now we have a quarterback who likes to air it out. Our yep. offense is going to open up more down the field now this year. Last year we had four quarterbacks, so all we did was check down or hand the ball off to Antonio Gibson. No slice of his running back skills, none at sure. all. He did, you know, he was great. Over 1,000 yards as a rookie, he was a beast. But I don't know if he's going to get as many touches this season mm-hmm. due to the fact yep. that we're airing out more. So that's the only reason why I think he'll slide a little bit. Right, he's still right. going to be a baller. Yeah, no, I totally get it because his average draft position right now is 19.3, and that means he's going in second rounds of, of most fantasy football drafts. That's a high price to pay if you're not guaranteed quality touches and a lot of them. You know, as a running back, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a high price to pay, particularly, and I'm not, no knock on Antonio Gibson, but particularly in, in his type of running style, he, he is still kind of a wide receiver running back hybrid. You know, and, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes yeah. you need that guy that Derrick Henry just plow ahead and get you tons and tons of yards <laughs> uh, that you can just rely on day in, day out. I mean, that that guy just as he plows on, he just gets more and more yards. He just gets worse. It gets worse and worse for opposing defenses. But that brings me to Zeke Elliott. Uh Oh, Zeke Elliott, ADP yep. of 7.2. Why do you think he might be a bust? Uh, Tony Pollard is going to take his spot by the time the season's over. Whoa! Oh, my gosh! <laughs> That's Breaking huge, news! Hey, I'm, I'm just I'm just saying, based off the past couple of years watching them play, Tony Pollard has produced way more at the running back position than, than Zeke Elliott. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. Maybe Zeke will trim down some and lose some of that weight and get back to who he was to eat and feed Zeke, but... I just think that he's got he's got a little bit he's got to look over his shoulder. Tony Pollard is right there knocking on the door. So yeah, you know, and actually yeah, and and I thought he looked pretty good. I I thought that Tony Pollard looked pretty good in the Hall of Fame game because we had football. We had live football last week. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. Um, really amazing. So I thought he looked pretty solid there. So I I get it. I get it. And Zeke Elliott going up an ADP of seven point two, as I said. So it's pretty high price to pay for a guy that might get might get supplanted by Tony Pollard. Jeez, I guess in that case. If you're going to take Zeke, take some Tony Pollard, too, then. Hey, let's talk about uh, Cortland Sutton, because that is a, actually a fascinating okay. position for me. Uh, ADP 80.0, so obviously later in the draft, but still, what do you, what's your thoughts here on Cortland Sutton? I'm sorry. Um, he's got to stay healthy. And Tim Patrick yeah. is there to take his spot as well. Um, Tim Patrick came on last year. I know Drew Locke loves, loves having Cortland Sutton, but he is sprained his AC joint earlier in the year, and then towards ACL. Um, if he comes back, that would be great. But Tim Patrick kind of stepped up last year and made a name for himself. Yeah. So I feel like Cortland's got some, some catching up to do. No shade to right. Cortland's talent, but right. now he's got to really bring it if he wants to complete that wide receiver threat that they have yeah. out there in Denver. Right, and Cortland Sutton was such a hot commodity last year in fantasy football. Everybody was like, breakout candidate, breakout candidate. But you're right, Tim Patrick shows up and – and, of course, there is that question of Drew, Drew Locke. I mean, we don't know what he is yet, I think. And that's no. uh, obviously a big question mark um, that you have to kind of take into account. Now, you have two other wide receivers here, Robert Woods and Adam <laughs> Thielen. 
And their ADPs are pretty close. Robert Woods at ADP of 40.7, Adam Thielen ADP of 50.7. What are your thoughts on those guys? Why do you think they might be bust? Uh, Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, rookie receiver for them last year. I think he's got to battle him for that third wide receiver spot because they've got Cooper Cup, of course. They brought in deep threat Deshaun Jackson. Mm-hmm. Van Jefferson came on. Robert Woods is good, but I think he's got he's got to look over his back for that. And then Adam mm-hmm. Thielen, I, who's going to be quarterback? Because Kirk Cousins seems to embrace COVID and doesn't want you know like is he going to be able to play? <laughs> like he wants to wrap himself in a a, a a bubble or something and get like you can't do that on the field, Kirk. So yeah. Like, are you going to be available to play during the season or not? Like so, the quarterback <laughs> is kind of an issue in that on that team right now. To be yeah. honest, so. Well, that that's uh, obviously bad news for Justin Jefferson too, who I really love. Um, yeah, I, I don't know yeah. what's going to happen there. Exactly. You know? It's uh, something to keep a close eye on there. Right. Well, those are tough ones. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see how those kind of pan out. But really good, really good ones there because, and just to remind our listeners, when we say bust, we don't mean they're going to be bad. We just mean that they're going no. to underperform their draft, their average draft position. You know, and it's it's really easy to underperform. You're a 7.2 ADP like Zeke Elliott. You know that 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 he basically yeah. has to be perfect to live up to that ADP. Exactly. And of course, Antonio Gibson at 19.3 he basically has to be perfect to live up to that as well. So keep in mind, folks, that we're not saying these guys are bad. We're just saying that they are going to underperform their average draft position. So I got a couple for you here. I'm going to just fire them away. I think Jonathan Taylor of the Colts ADP Ooh. of 9.7. I think that he has potential to be a bust. I think I hate to say this because I love the player, but Najee Harris. The Steelers, ADP of 16.3. 16.3 is pretty That's freaking pretty high. high. Yeah. A.J. Brown, I and think. he's a rookie. Yes, oh. he's a rookie. He's a rookie. A.J. Brown, Titans, ADP 23.2. I think there's a possibility there. And his and his now his running partner, Julio Jones, ADP 41.0, a little bit better value. But I also think there's some bust potential there. I also think that Mike Davis of the Falcons, bust potential at ADP Ooh. 54.7. And this one hurts okay. a little bit. Because I actually like the player a lot. Deontay Johnson of the Steelers, ADP 55.4. I have some questions there. And then finally, Michael Thomas, who we just spoke about. Mm-hmm. And for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. I think, might have issues. ADP of 61.3. He's actually been sliding a lot because of this injury and all this other stuff that's going on. But ADP 61.3, I think, still might be a little steep for what he's going to perform for you. So let me say really quick, Jonathan Taylor, you know, it's just too high. You know, Carson Wentz. Injured, Quentin Nelson oh, yeah, injured. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the Indianapolis offense is starting to look like pretty crummy. You know, I just don't, yeah, I don't have a good feel. And Marlon Mack is still there. He's not chopped liver. Uh, so you no, know, I, I think he's going to share. He's going to share carries. Uh, he's now playing behind a worse offensive line and a worse quarterback, presumably when when Week One starts. And he's being drafted in the first round. I just don't, I just don't like the value there for Jonathan Taylor. If he, if he slides to the second round, you know, late second round, early third, okay. Yeah, maybe the value is there, but, you know, 9.7 is a little high. Najee Harris, I think that's going to be a tough one because uh, I obviously um, hate Alabama as a football team, but I love their players that come out of there in the NFL because they're so good for the sport. But not every Alabama running back pans out, okay? C-E-G, yeah, Trent you're right. right. There are mm-hmm. others who do not work um, in the no. NFL. And I'm not saying that Najee Harris won't work. Okay, but he's a little bit of a smaller back, and he, let's see him play first. ADP is 16.3. He looked pretty good. He had some good bursts in that Hall of Fame game, but I'm not going to draft him in the second round of my draft and him, have him be my RB2 or even my RB1 in a no. football league. I, I need a surer bet than that, you know? 
I just, I just don't feel like that's exactly. a great value. Now, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. So, hear this me out tricky. here. Yeah, yeah because yeah, I, I love this. Both of them are great. A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, some of the best receivers, I think, in the NFL, hands down. But the Titans are a run-first team, right, behind Derrick Henry. So, yeah. there's really very little hope that they're going to consistently give you what that Brown and Jones are going to give you what you need every week to week. In last year, they had the third least pass attempts in the NFL. And they also had the second most rushing attempts in the NFL. I mean, I don't think that I'm, I'm breaking any news there that they, they basically hang their hat <laughs> on Derrick Henry, right? I mean, that's just what they do. Yeah, and they you do. couple that with the fact that they had the 10th least passing yards per game in the NFL last year. And, you know, I just don't see the upside. You know, I don't see the upside. I think A.J. Brown is great. I think Julio Jones is great, although he may be a little bit – he's getting a little bit over the hill now. And, you know, I just I, – Ryan Tannehill, I love the story. I just – you know, I just don't see him slinging it downfield, you know, that much. And I don't see him them getting enough opportunity to make it worth it. Plus, they're going to cannibalize each other's looks. Plus, A.J. Brown coming off season surgery on both knees. I just don't feel it, you know what I mean? So, ADP 23.2 is a little high for A.J. Brown. Okay. Julio Jones 41, a little okay. high. Now, Mike Davis, another guy that I hate, I hate bashing because I love the player, right? I love Mike Davis, the player. I think he right. did a great job subbing in for CMC last year. I think he was great. But ADP, 54.7. And, you know, he's joining the Falcons. You know, I mean, the Falcons. <laughs> yeah, the Falcons. Uh, but first of all, he's 28 yeah. years old. He only got 3.7 yards per rush last year, even though I, I'm telling you he did a good job doing what, with what he had and only 6.4 yards he per did. catch in his career. Uh, the the Falcons, you know, running backs, they in total gained um, about 3.7 and 3.8 yards per carry uh, over the last two seasons. So they, the Falcons consistently are not opening up gaps and holes for their running backs to run in. So I just don't think there's a great mass, match here. I, I mean, Mike Davis is a good football player. He's not great. He's uh, getting up there in age, and he's going into a system that just doesn't create any opportunities for their running backs. So I just feel like it's a very low ceiling and, a, and not a great floor. Uh, and on top of that, he's the back the, one there, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, okay. And he had, and he had the six least rushing yard. I mean, well, the Falcons had the six least rushing yards per game in the NFL. So I, I just don't feel it there. And then, like I said, Deontay Johnson, I, I hate uh, saying something about yeah. him because I, I love him coming out of Toledo. He led the Steelers receptions last year and receiving yards, but you know what? It's just, it's just really crowded there, you know? I mean, it's just really crowded. You know, they got Juju, they got James Washington, they got Eric Ebron, you know, they, and, and they're going to, you know, cool. Big Ben is back. Yeah, right, exactly. And I just don't feel like there's a clear-cut number one that out there. I mean, De- Deontay Johnson may be the guy, but it's really hard to tell, and definitely not from a, a week-to-week consistency basis. So ADP 55.4 isn't terrible, but I just don't feel like you're getting the consistency you need for a guy to be your wide receiver, starting one, two, or three wide receiver in your fantasy football league. So that's where we are with that. I mean, there's some, some good ones there. I got a couple. You got a couple. Man, we got some great busts yeah. out there. And like I said, I don't there think they're going to be bad. I just don't think that they're going to live up no. to their draft potential. All right. So anyway, yeah. that brings us to the end of the show. Hitting the air horn on the show. My gosh. We have these packed shows, Travis. It's just amazing how we get this done. I'm going to give, give us a pat on the back right now for doing such a great job. We do such a great job, don't we? I mean, that, if we, yeah, we, yeah, exactly. we do. I'm going to, yeah, a round of applause. A round of applause. Here we go. Yeah, I mean, if, if, we, can't, if we can't like ourselves, who will? Yeah, who will? Exactly. All right. 
<laughs> All right, Trev, why don't you give us uh, your your social media so people can follow you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Trev Stores WFT. I'm on Instagram Trev underscore Stores. You can find me on Full Press Coverage Washington. Got some articles on there. Yep. And I co-host on this podcast right here. So yeah. that's right. That's right. Don't everybody forget it, and everybody follow <laughs> Trev because he's a good follow. He's a good follow. Why, why won't you, aren't you already following him? That's ridiculous. All right. That's so a very good question. Can, uh, <laughs> exactly. I, we hit the hard-hitting questions on this show. We're like, we're like <laughs> Nightline for sports. We're just so good at hard-hitting questions. All right. You can find me on Twitter at FB Garbage Time. As always, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week. Good night, guys.